Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 10th episode, and today we'll be discussing the filthy smear merchants and how you can't trust them, and how even if CBDCs do get banned, there still is an urgent need to separate the state from money, and you need to be aware of that. So let's get right into it with the smear merchant. So I was looking at Brave News today, and I saw an article from The Atlantic um, basically associating Elon Musk with his grandfather, and his grandfather was all in on apartheid. I don't know the particular truth about that, but the idea of it is that Elon Musk is someone who is outside of the boundaries of the establishment um, too much so, uh, and because of that, he has gained the ire of the smear merchants, the legacy media where when they set their sights on you, they will do anything to try and ruthlessly destroy you. Russell Brand has been victim of this, Joe Rogan's been victim of this, and this is what's going to happen uh, consistently to anyone who dares go against the establishment, dares to speak truth to power in any sort of meaningful way. You'll get a bunch of articles written about you, um, men in suits and speaking very formally, deriding, deriding you. This is what happened when Edward Snowden leaked everything. You had all these intelligence officers saying this is going to ruin the country, this is going to um, compromise our national security. So to paint a narrative as... Um, you know, someone's a bad person, they're going to pull out all the stops using all the legitimacy um, that they have. But the good thing is, is that um, this is very much so becoming less effective because less, more and more people are tuning out from um, the legacy media, from the channels that the smear merchants have complete control of. And um, more people are tuning into people like Carl Benjamin, Sargon of the Cat, who coined the term smear merchants as far as I'm aware of it. And less people are watching CNN and MSNBC or reading The New Yorker or The uh, Atlantic or The Wall Street Journal or all these other um, publications that are owned by um, establishment wealthy elites that just want to uh, toe the line. There is a line that's been established. You have to follow it, and if you do not, then you are going to be ruthlessly destroyed by the legacy media. But the fortunate thing, as I said, the ability for the legacy media to destroy you becomes less and less as they become less culturally relevant, right? If more people are tuning into Russell Brand's Rumble streams than are tuning into MSNBC every night, then it doesn't matter if MSNBC and the papers try to cancel Russell Brand. He's going to be um, just fine, right? And if you are um, being lied about having all these journalistic um, inaccuracies because, you know, you have to abandon journalistic integrity if your goal is just to um, toe the establishment line to be um, the state's lapdog because it is a system that's based on uh, theft and aggression, right? And that to maintain that um, means you're going to be acting immorally, which means that the truth isn't on your side. And when the truth is not on your side, then it becomes pretty easy to expose, especially in the information era that we find ourselves in, where the access to information is endless and it's been decentralized to the individual in a very wonderful way. And this has been extremely consequential for the establishment, for the um, people that the smear merchants work for, uh, right? That's, that's where... Um, 
we're seeing all these uh, problems that they're having is that they can't control the narrative in the ways that they used to because people are not getting their news from um, the man in the suit from the you know 10 inch TV box like they did back in the 50s or or so such like that it is you know stuff on uh, Twitter or X as you call it it's just being able to search um, stuff online podcasts like the one you're listening to right now and all the other ones that far more people listen to and YouTube videos and all these sorts of things where basically anybody can give you their thoughts compile information and present it to you and then you can come to your own conclusions and that's the most important thing with um, media consumption is that um, no one in the media, no one in um, the entertainment industry or anything like that where they're producing content can tell you what to think. They can present you the ideas that you think about and if you're being presented certain ideas that you can think about then you're going to come to certain conclusions naturally and you're going to um, manifest that into your environment and when the only things you were being presented with was the narrative that they wanted you to hear there was a much um, easier ability to maintain control so control over things but now um, you can just go onto your web browser and you can search um, whatever ideas you want to and sure we've got all the suppression all this shadow banning but once you get that first idea in your mind that goes against the establishment it uh, creates a an ability for you to be hypercritical of what they're doing, of all the things they're going out against. And it means that the legacy media loses control. The more people go into the independent system, the parallel economy, and it becomes more appealing, um, the more they funder, the more they bumble um, things. And that, that's just going to keep being the case because they are desperate to maintain the little amount of control they're, they're going to have and they're going to do um, so many stupid non-headed things to try and maintain that and it's not going to work and it's going to blow up in their faces extremely quickly right like like the next thing i hope um you know we talk about is uh cbdc's or central bank digital currencies so my co-host of hump day potpourri doc um, he's big into crypto and as such, you know, we've talked a lot about central bank digital currencies on his show and how the Fed wants to um, implement that system relatively soon, starting with the FedNow system where you're really uh, making everything, this instant these instant digital transactions and trying to get as many um, banking institutions to opt into that system. And then um, you basically turn the FedNow system into a CBDC and you have every transaction um, completely tracked online and of course you know every account is basically owned by the fed and they can manipulate um, your money at will they can manipulate your ability to transact at will so it's complete economic control and when you know they have that system then it's going to be very consequential in terms of the ability for the individual to have economic freedom which is a primary thing that i think is going to better society is to give the individual as much economic freedom as possible right that means no taxation that means separating the state from money and the cbdc's are the opposite of um ushering in that um economic prosperity right so there are people who are aware of that there are people who are like i said aware of that need um, to separate the state from money, at least on some level. And as such, um, a lot of people are against CBDCs, very negative against it. So, of course, you have uh, Tom Emmer in the House of Representatives being one of these politicians to try and get 
these political points of saying, you know, let's introduce a bill that bans CBDCs. I don't think he's the only one, but this is, you know, the one in the um, article I read when I was researching this. And I would say be extremely skeptical of any bill, um, anything that the government does to ban CBDCs, because let's say a bill does pass for D CBDCs to get banned. That doesn't mean, um, one, they can't just put clauses into it where there's a legal loophole where the Fed can implement CBDCs. This doesn't get rid of the IRS. It doesn't get rid of all the uh, shenanigans that happens that the Fed does with uh, inflation and the money supply and how they're manipulating um, the uh, mortgage-backed security markets and all these um, other um, assets. And you have the SEC and all, all these other things that the state does to be an economic actor that's very negative for the economy, right? Because it is based on theft and exploitation. And as such, as, as you know, if you go into um, economics, the state is not a producer of anything. They have by taking from other people. So they're always going to extract um, economic resources from as many people as possible. And they're going to, at least in this country, we have this corporate system where the state and the massive corporations work in tandem to extract as much um, wealth from the average person as possible. That's why the middle class pays all the taxes. That's why um, the uh, homeless people are in the situation that they're in is because the state and the corporations of this country, they do work in tandem to extract as much economic um as many as much economic resources from the economy as possible and that's going to continue even if a cbdc does get banned right that's this the system is a problem and it, we're moving towards that um i would say you know getting something on the books that ban cbdc's might delay it for a little bit but like i said there's nothing that's you know stop there's nothing stopping them from putting a loophole where they could do this or they pass another massive omnibus bill that's like you know save the kids from the burning buildings acts and one of the clauses like hey we, we are unbanding the cbc cbdc's um like we did you know there's all these nefarious things that the uh, state is going to do to maintain as much control as possible and as long as that system exists um the state is going to try and maximize the amount of control it has and economic control is a massive um, advantage that the state has um, being able to issue money having so much um, control over the banking systems uh you know taxation and all these sorts of things so that is not going to stop even if cbdc's uh get banned and you need to be aware of that and you need to be functioning in the mindset that um centralization of the money supply is something that the fed and the state is going to want to do um regardless of cbdc's being banned there might be one or two people in congress who genuinely um see cbdc's as being a bad thing see the fed as being a bad thing and they're working against it but they are not going to be able to go up against the machine we need a culture of people that want um economic freedom and act as such and that's what i want uh, you to be aware of if you're listening to this is that um centralization of the money supply um in a digital way is coming and that is something you need to prepare for you need to be aware of and i want you to see um, all this for what it is. It's just more political games, trying to win political points. So don't trust any politician that says, I'm going to ban CBDCs. I'm going to protect you from the Fed because as long as you're participating in that system, uh, then you're complicit in it and you can be bought out, blackmailed, um, scammed. 
if, if you're um, one of those uh, 535 people in Congress, um, in my mind, and that's what I want you to have in your mind as well. If you're someone who's uh, freedom-minded for the individual, you want to decentralize power to the individual, then you need to be in that mindset that everyone working in the federal government is fundamentally against me as an individual. They're against my individual freedoms, they're against my economic prosperity, and they're against um, having a strong um, culture, a strong moral foundation that we can pass on to the next generation, if there even is going to be one with uh, the way that the birth rates are going. But I think uh, I've gapped enough on this podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. This was our 10th episode, and we will head out to the outro now. Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to follow my substack, velvetroompublishing.substack.com, to read Machine to Man and all my other projects.